Thank you for joining the Move the Stairs podcast. I'm Diane Mulligan with my colleagues Mitch Jelniger and Jordan Sherman. You may be wondering, what does Move the Stairs mean? It's our philosophy, how we look at every challenge as an opportunity. When you move the stairs, you take the steps other people might not. Creating customer loyalty, nurturing great relationships with the media, and building a resilient CBD hemp and medical marijuana brand. Over the next 20 minutes or so, we'll talk with the brightest minds, the savviest business leaders, and reporters in the CBD space. You'll learn how brand protection PR can help your CBD, hemp, or medical marijuana business stand head and shoulders above your competitors. And you'll be on your way to making the most of any challenge. That's what we call Move the Stairs. Let's get started. Welcome to the Move the Stairs podcast, episode 92. We are recording on Thursday, November 2nd, 2023. And we're happy you're here joining us for this uh, exciting conversation today. Today, we're going to be talking with our friend, Maya Sign. She's a segment producer with Scripps News National. You know, this may be a media opportunity that you've never even heard about, which is why I'm so excited we're doing this podcast. We're going to ask Maya to share her insights about attracting local media with a national distribution for your brand to really help build your customer loyalty. In our uh, Insider Media Relations segment, we're going to talk about how to find those unique reporters who you see on those local stations from time to time. One interview is actually shown in dozens of local TV news markets. So we're going to talk about the key elements that the national and the local community media look for when they try to choose a story so you can stand out above the crowd. Then finally, in our Building a Resilient CBD Brand segment, we'll tap into Maya's knowledge about setting yourself up as a thought leader and how to determine which national reporter you should be targeting to enhance your brand protection PR so let's get started. We'll welcome Maya to the podcast. Maya, how are you? Thank you again so much for joining us in the Move Stairs podcast. Can you tell our audience a little bit more about your background, uh, who you are, and more importantly, how you got into journalism? Awesome. Yeah, thanks so much for having me today. Uh, so excited to speak to all of you. Um, I've been in journalism for, I feel, all of my life. I knew what I wanted to do when I was six years old. I would walk around with a microphone. I'd interview my entire family. My family's huge. So definitely got rid of the stage fright very, very at a very young age. Um, but I went to the University of Denver uh, from high school. I did the newspaper, yearbook, everything. So when I, when I went to the University of Denver, um, I quickly started doing as many internships as I could. I did a lot of local ones as well. After college, um, I started working at Telemundo Denver. So I just started working local in Denver where I'm from. And I started working in Spanish news. Um, it's a little bit different than a lot of the journalists that I work with who've only done one language. I've actually done both. Um, and from there, I transitioned over to other local news in Nebraska, um, in Omaha, Nebraska. And then from there, I stayed with Scripps and I went on to the national level. So currently, I'm a segment producer with Scripps News. And so we cover anything and everything on a national basis. And that also includes a lot of our local stations where we have stations in. Great. In different, different cities. So, Mai, we talk about a lot with our clients about how to stand out from the crowd, build that customer loyalty. Of course, that starts by just making people aware of who you are, where you are, what your company does. Sure. Media coverage can be a way to get that uh, going, get that noticed. So talk about your role as that national segment producer. You said scripts. People may think, oh, I have a script station in my market, but this is a national uh, umbrella. How does that news feed system work exactly? 
So even though we're technically, it's the same company, but we work separately. So you have the local news branch and you have the national news branch. But in a way, we still work together. Within our team, we have people who are specifically working to connect both of us. So they work to get us all the great local content that the local stations are doing in over 60 markets, which is 60 cities. And then we have people who are gathering all the great stuff that we're doing on a national level and connecting. So if we did a story on, you know, we're obviously covering a lot of things that are happening uh, let's say the economy, and we're doing a story on the um, some of the strikes that are happening with UAW, with the unions, with, with the auto workers. We'll localize that. We happen to have a station in Detroit. We do a big national package on it. We localize it with sound from local workers, from local people in Detroit who are their business, who's down the street, is now being affected because the workers aren't going into work. So we have people strategizing, hey, you're doing this story, you might connect it with the local. So we actually have, we work very well together. And that's kind of the goal is to do things that both sides can complement each other on a national level and the local level. So Maya, I'm interested, I would think anybody who's listening to the podcast would think, oh my gosh, if I could do one interview and have it in an entire region of the country or across the country where I'm the one who's highlighted on the local news. Um, how would they approach you? Is that a news release? I mean, what would make them stand out above the crowd and be someone that you might say to the local, hey, we've got somebody um, that might work for this story and you might want to do a story too. How, how does that all work? So I, I think, because I've, I've worked at both, right? I've worked at the national level and I've worked at the local level. I was very involved in my community with a lot of the, the local stories. And I would honestly get a lot of the stories off social media. So I would get a little bit of a following. I was very interactive with the people who followed me that a lot of them got comfortable sending me quick texts or messages on their, hey, this is happening. You should, you know, this is why you should get involved or you should cover it. Someone, they would tag me in, in viral videos that were happening within my city that grabs my attention, right? On a national, obviously you can't always do that. Not every journalist is going to be as responsive, but that is one way. Don't be scared to reach out to your local journalists on social media. They're all on there. It's basically mandatory for them to have a social media account at this, at this point. So do a little bit of research, see maybe what kind of journalists you like in terms of what they cover, what kind of stories they're assigned to, if they have a certain beat. Uh, which is kind of a, a a topic that they cover, whether it's education, whether it's a, uh, business or you know immigration, whatever it could be, and even just start to build a relationship that way on social media, liking their photos or sending out story ideas, and that that was really big for me. And I think once my newsroom saw how many great stories I was getting that way, a lot of the other journalists also started being more responsive. So that's one way. Don't be scared to reach out on social media. On the national level, it's really press releases, especially me, the segment producer. I work in my office at home, so I'm not necessarily as active or meeting people on the street as I was when I was a local reporter. So it's really all about the emails. And it's not necessarily your traditional press releases anymore. It's your, your email, right? No, it, I have probably a day, 300 emails that come in in terms of 
things that are happening across the country. So, and I'm also on deadlines and I'm working three different shows. So I have very limited time to go through my email and go through every single one and me, you know, figure out which story I want to do. So subject lines are super important. Um, How you format your email, that is a press release. I don't always have time to click on the PDF attached. So you have to be very short and very specific on what the story or your pitch is going to be in that email to grab someone like me who's working the day in and day out to get their attention. Great tips. I think that's such good feedback. And, you know, for our listeners to kind of understand how you can interact with them at the local level and the national level, that's like double whammy, you know, that's some really great stuff, Maya. Um, Is there any outside of the box um, things that, you know, outside of press releases or maybe other social media outreach or outside of social media outreach, any other tips and tricks that um, somebody may want to consider when trying to build that relationship with you? You know, I think that sometimes people often just go for the reporter. And I think sometimes people think that the reporter is just going to show up to work today and say, Mitch sent me a pitch, so I'm going to do it today. And the reporter actually has very little say in what they're going to cover that day. It's really the assignment editors, it's uh, the producers, or in the local case, it's going to be... Oh my goodness, I'm blanking on the title, the news director or, you know, some someone of, of the sort. So also go and find those people because the reporter may not always get to go beyond the reporter and build those relationships with those people. I think in terms of the email, there's just a lot. I'd really like to focus on the email because that's where I, I get a lot of the traditional emails, but there are some that really stand out um, that I, I have one pulled up that got my attention and we're going to do the story actually tomorrow. Um, But something that's going on in the world right now is everything that's happening with Israel and Gaza. And this email says the subject line, how AI gives Israel an advantage and the implications for Americans. So in other news, I have been covering AI specifically all week and also Israel all week. So now I have something this was very intentional, right? It was very timely. They knew what they were doing. They said, I've been seeing a lot of AI on the news and I'm seeing a lot of Israel. So they combined them and they said that in the subject. So that immediately got my attention. And I was like, how on earth is AI involved with this, right? So then they sent me an email and they have it all in bullet points. And these are the kind of things that get my attention. Again, I don't have a lot of time to read emails. Everything is in like little bullets. And one thing that I really like is when they do ideas or thoughts in bold. So for this one, um, AI plays a significant role in the war in Israel, bold. Uh, The immediacy in which people can access videos without knowing if they are accurate or true is alarming. That's in bold. So those things automatically catch my eye that I'm like, wait a minute, this is a big thing we need to be covering. Why is no one talking about this? And then the email, again, very short bullet points of, what their expert would talk about but then also at the bottom they have links to who they're they're offering to speak to and i think that's one thing that i've noticed is that pdf versus link when you Mm -hmm. send something out we prefer link we work through slack again we have a lot of communication from the national to the local level and even among these two platforms that we share everything on slack if you're not familiar with it 
You can share videos, photos, message on there throughout the workday. So we just send links. We don't have time to upload a PDF file and to download the files on it. So it's just easier to be like, hey guys, I got this great pitch. Here it is in Slack. And then everybody can click it and see what they're offering. So I think that's something really big too, that I think as we get, you know, with the times, I think just links are better. Um, it just makes it very efficient on our end when we're trying to pass the story on to see if we can get basically the green light to do the story. That makes perfect sense. I love that idea of links. Um, and, and that's a good tip along with the with the bullet points and, and the bolding in that email. So you your eyes are just drawn to the most important parts of whatever it is you're saying and the rest of the words you can just let go. So fantastic. You know, Maya, um, as you know, everybody at MNC is a former journalist and um, we, we are former journalists because we like to say that we really can get people uh, inside the media's minds, um, which is one of the reasons we're talking to you today and really position them as those industry leaders. And I think doing the links, that's the perfect way where you can go and see, is this person good on camera? Are they going to give a good interview as well as whatever the story topic is and, and do they know their stuff? Absolutely. The other thing that I think though is interesting is this whole concept of news feed. I'm not sure that our listeners or our viewers really know what a news feed is um, and how you actually offer up stories to those 60 cities and they get to choose to put them in their newscast. I'm interested in if you'll go through a little bit about how that works and then um, what gets your attention that you think is going to be really valuable for that feed. Right, so again, we the, the people who work that I mentioned between connecting the national to the local, we do have our, of our own system within um, iNews and what we use um, in WorkLife to kind of connect and see what both teams are doing. From there, you really just get to see headlines, titles of what stories are. So again, back to the strike uh, example, UAW package, which is a whole you know bit of a story with interviews, this is what it has. So as I'm writing if I got assigned to do that story on a national level and I'm talking about, you know, GM said that it was costing them $200 million a week each time the company was on strike or the employees were, that's my, that's what I'm focused on as a national producer. On the local side, I'm now searching to say, okay, so if that's what's impacting them. I need something from the CEO, something from the company to kind of personalize it. We always try and personalize everything and put a name or sound or a face to whatever it is that we're showcasing. So from there, I go and search and I look for UAW stuff. And I was able to get the sound from the UAW president. Um, they reached an agreement. I got sound from workers who were, you know, talking about, well, it's kind of worth it. You're losing $200 million a week, but what have we been losing all this time? And so that's kind of how you, as you build something, you're always kind of going back and forth. Like, it's like you're trying to make a full meal, right? So I have the main dish. Now I need to go and look for my sides to kind of really make it, to complement it and make sure that I've covered all aspects of my story. Good advice. That's awesome. You, you know, we like to do research on reporters and producers when we can, because we want to pitch the story to the appropriate uh, journalist, right? I, we don't want to take a medical device story and send it to the food and wine editor. In other words, try to do a little bit of homework. Um, can you talk about um, how someone can learn about 
what those journalists are interested in, what your advice is there. And secondly, how would they find a national news feed producer or reporter? Um, that's a great question. Um, and I think a lot of it, one is social media. I'm really big on that. Um, if you watch local news, you ha- you kind of have to do your homework, right? Yeah. Like you said, you don't want to pitch something on education to someone who does immigration. Could they maybe, you know, correlate or something for sure? But you want to make sure that you're getting it to the right eyes so that your story or your pitch will make it to air. Um, so social media is a big one. I like to look for local journalists um, or individual ones, follow them. You'll, they're, again, their job is to be on social media. So you'll get a really good idea of what their tone is. And tone is important because when you're pitching a story, there's a big difference between outlets like BuzzFeed and TMZ versus, um, you know, the Business Insider and the Wall Street Journal. Both relevant, both great news, all of them great news, news organizations, but there's a different tone there. And that also means different journalists, different interests. Um, they're looking for things differently. You have to think of like, are they video? Are they print? Um, and that's when you kind of have to look at like when you're offering your pitch or you're offering your story, is it print? Do they just need photos? Or is it going to be something on TV where you're going to need visuals or like, you know, video interviews, things like that. Um, when you go to any any company, um, I would always start with researching your local station. There's always an about us section. And if you go, usually it's like meet the team, meet the staff, things like that. You'll find the list of journalists who work there. And they typically always have an about me section where then they'll say, so-and-so uh, born and raised in Denver, has been in journalism for X amount of years, has worked at this station. These are their interests. And that's how you can start to find out what your local journalist is. And similarly to on a national network, we have a lot of staff on our team that we're not necessarily have our own homepage, but you easily can go to our um, uh, website and you can, you can see a lot of the talent on there, but also LinkedIn is great. You could just search in producer Denver and a list of the people who work in Denver can pop up. That's another way to reach out to people and see who's kind of behind the scenes who may not necessarily have a huge social media following because they're not on, on camera, but that's a great way to tap into their network as well. Good idea. Yeah. That's all really great advice. And, you know, I love the, the very beginning of that question. You're like, you got to do your homework. So <laughs> yeah. have you ever been pitched from somebody who um, has absolutely not done their homework? So that, that's one follow-up question for you. And then, you know, my, I guess my primary question is, and it's a loaded one, what makes the perfect story for you? That is a, a big story or a big question. Um, I think in that sense, uh, I'm so sorry. Troy, can you repeat the first part of your question? Yeah. So the first part of my question was a follow-up to, you know, have you, do you have an example of somebody who's clearly not done their homework on you and has reached out to you with a, a story pitch? And then my primary question was, um, you know, tell us what makes kind of a perfect story. You see it and you're like, oh my God, you know, we're, we're doing this today, regardless of what the producer says, we're doing it today. <laughs> For sure. Um, yes, definitely. Yeah, and you can tell right off the bat when I, I like to get the emails or the pitches that I always appreciate or will always respond to typically are the ones that I can tell did their homework. Hey, Maya, I see you're from Denver. You understand how big the cannabis industry is there. 
therefore I have this pitch, right? And I'm like, they did their homework. They found that I'm in Denver. People that haven't done my, their homework, and I've worked in different cities and different markets, they'll be like, hey, Maya, you're in Chicago, and I am not in Chicago anymore. And so maybe tried, but the fact that like my my information is, is pretty up to date, that I know that this is either old or they just kind of copied it, sent it to all Chicago reporters, but I know they didn't really do the homework on me. And that will make me be like, you know, ignore. Um, I won't take the time to respond to those. Um, or if it's something that uh, doesn't necessarily, if it's super catered to one side of a political party, for example, that's also, you can tell those are kind of red flags um, where someone is just not even giving you, it's not newsworthy, it's more like uh, propaganda. And so that's also one thing that like, if you knew our network or if you knew who I am, that's that's probably not going to make it on air on my end anyways. In terms of the perfect story, as someone who has anchored, been a reporter and produced, I'm really big on visuals. So if you can offer me an opportunity to say, hey, we have this great story. We have this great, I'll go back to my AI and Israel example. Um, you know, we're doing this story. It's a great topic. But in my head, I'm thinking, how am I going to visually show the viewer how these two are related? Right. AI is, is it's, it's real, but it's almost an idea at this point. It's, it's really hard to show. It's not like going down the street and showing the trees, right? Like you need to be creative with it. And so if they can offer me graphics, for example, it's not always going to be B-roll as we call it, but if they can say we have some great graphics or like we can give you a tour from this cyber studio on how people are hacking into computers or using AI, things like that. I'm already thinking, oh yes, we need to go get that because that's going to make my good story even greater with those visuals. Yeah, use those pictures to help tell the story. Mm -hmm. Creating a uh, a brand that's resilient, very important to every business. Uh, we try to position our clients all the time to help um, them polish their reputations. Often that means uh, being available to speak or be on camera or do a news story. What should uh, those that are watching right now consider when they're trying to choose an outlet? They may turn on the channels and go, like, "Gosh, there's so many to choose from." Whether it's scripts or gray media. How how should they target which one works best for them? I think, again, it goes back to your homework, um, especially if you're in a local station. Watch your local news. See which one you don't get annoyed watching, which one you don't get depressed watching, right? There's a lot of different types of news. I think what's really cool, too, is that a lot of your local stations will have some type of segment. So they'll do like... Um, uh, a technology segment or they'll do an education segment that there's a lot of different you you can see a lot i think by the segments that your local station will do are they community focused are they business focused are they what kind of advertising do they have i think if you just even watch one night of local broadcasts you'll see which one you connect with or which journalist you connect with and so i think that that's very important and Again, like you kind of were talking about, Mitch, every local station is owned typically more often than not by a larger company who has dozens of other stations across the country. So I would research the big one, right? So if there's a local script station, which 
if it's Denver, it's not going to say local script. It's going to be KMGH Denver 7. So you kind of have to do your research and find out who's the parent company of my local station. And that's not only helpful for you to see if your values align, if you feel like they would tell your story the best, if they'll do it justice, but also that kind of gives you an idea of how big your audience could be. A lot of the times I've interviewed people and then they'll be like, hey, you know, local. And they'll be like, hey, I just saw like my cousin in Chicago said that they saw me. And I'm like, right, because we have a Chicago station and they were able to broadcast it. And so potentially it could go from, you know, being in Omaha, Nebraska to suddenly being in 20 stations across the country. So I think doing your research on, again, the values to me is important, but also how big your potential uh, reach could be. We talk about news cycles um, with our clients because we know, you know, for instance, when there's weather happening um, in any Colorado media market, it's going to be front and center all the time. It does not matter what else happened. Very, very, very rare exceptions. Uh, But these news cycles, just like the weather, can come and go rather quickly. I think right now, uh, one that we're in is the uh, Middle East conflict um, with Israel, uh, Israel and Hamas. So I guess my question for you is, does it help um, if people are pitching you with ideas that are connected to what is kind of front and center um, within the news of the day? Or is it better to kind of um, have it be totally removed from that as stations may be looking for content that's not consistently um, Hamas-Israel war? I think it'd go both ways. I personally prefer to do things that are news of the day. As again, as national network, we are, that's kind of the majority of what we cover. We don't really cover local stuff every now and then. If we have a cute little puppy package, we'll try and fit it in somewhere. But for the most part, we're covering the big headlines, what's happening, you know, day of. And we're always looking for things to complement that. So if you're going to reach out to someone to potentially cover your story, and let's say you're in the cannabis industry, okay, well, what's happening? Is there a new state that's about to legalize, you know, recreational marijuana? Is there something in, you know, legislative that's about to be passed? Is this super relevant? Did the new numbers come out? Did the Labor of Bureau of Statistics just release how much money or employment was offered last year within the cannabis industry? Things like that make it relevant, I think. Um, so that's always great to, to target it because that's when our eyes are focused on that. So again, back to the example of AI and in Israel, that's top of mind because that's what we're talking about right now. Where I'm going to put that email front and center versus, oh, that's a good one and just flag it, right? Because then in 10 days, I may or may not go back to it, even if it was a great story. With that other note that you mentioned, I think it's great too, is that I think it depends on who you reach out to, but I think that's another great idea is that, you know, hey, Jordan, you know, all eyes are focused on what's happening with Israel. But some people may have forgotten that actually our economy is da-da-da-da-da. And you can pitch that. If you're looking for other news, we have this set up for you, blah, 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 blah. A little something more lighthearted, this could be something that you may want to cover. So I think it's always worth a shot to do it that way. But typically, I think it's what's happening in the world right now. I think that's a great point. And and hooks are so very important. And lots of times those hooks have to come off what is the day of news. Like for instance, right now um, with CBD, there's a tremendous amount of research coming out about how CBD is impacting 
opioid use, whether you're trying to get off of opioids, you're using it instead of opioids. And the, so in my head, I'm waiting for something else to happen in opioids as a way to pitch. So I think that that's one thing you can look at. Um, but then I wanted to ask you, first, do you think that's a good idea? And secondly, you were talking about how AI in Israel was something that had just like, was like, what, what is this? Um, turning a story kind of on its head. So is it sometimes worth it to look at maybe things that didn't work well within your business, but you figured out a unique way to work around that? It's more of a news you can use story. Um, is that another great hook that you might be able to think about that could be one of those? Yes, this we know all this is going on over here, but if you're interested in, in this, I've got this for you right now. Exactly. And I think kind of back to your first point is that if you can, you're saying you're waiting for something to happen with opi with opioids, that's a very also, maybe it's not day of, but it is a very relevant issue this year. So it doesn't really have to be day of, but if it's something that we're continuously covering, opioids is big, that sometimes we're, we're also waiting for the next thing to happen as journalists to get right back on it, right? And sometimes you can be the one to bring it to us, right? So if you can find some, a, a stat or a new business or an opportunity that you're like, hey, everyone's waiting for this to happen with opioids or we're doing, you know, in, a, in two months, they're going to be talking about that again, in the Supreme Court, whatever. You can say, but before then, we actually have this company in Denver who's blah, 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 blah. Like that gives us an opportunity as journalists to get creative and get ahead of the game. Again, journalists, we love to tell stories, but it's also a very competitive market. You want to tell the best stories. You want to be there first. You want to say it accurately that if you can, if you can help a journalist or a news organization get ahead of it as well, and not just follow the news, but lead the news, that's huge. So you can always find a connection that again, in that email, if you can offer in that pitch, that exclusivity, we love exclusives. If you can offer, hey, an exclusive, you will be the first ones to go tour this company that is doing uh, this new medication with CBD to help people fight off opioids. We're there. What time can you be there tomorrow morning? You know, so that's always great to kind of offer, hey, Maya, you know, this is something that we're only giving to scripts or et cetera, that, that will get our attention for sure. And again, if you can lead it, that works best. Um, and uh, Diane, can you remind me of your second part of your question? Sorry, that was a loaded one. If you have a story and it's actually, this is something that went wrong, but we figured out a way to get around this, a news you can use story. Is that something that might pique your interest? Because it's a, it's a unique way of looking at whatever the problem is. Exactly. And that's actually something that at least in our company, we have really been every, every morning, we have an editorial meeting. This is what's happening. This is what we're covering. These are the pitches. This is who's doing what. And probably every day I hear news you can use four times a day. And I'm sure you've all seen it yourselves or your friends, your family. People are like, I just don't watch the news anymore. It gets too depressing. And so news as a whole, especially my company is trying to change that where it is more news you can use. How does this apply to everyday Americans? How can this, um, for example, we were doing a, someone did a story today about um, Matthew Perry from Friends recently dying. And so instead of like, okay, well, let's talk about Matthew Perry. It was, we brought in a cardiologist who was talking about hot tubs and heart diseases and any types of tips that you may have for, 
people who are on medication, who are pregnant, who are drinking, things like bacteria in hot tubs, things that are like you may not think about necessarily when you get into a hot tub. So news you can use, um, always great, at least for us anyways, but it, I think it's something that more journalists and or news organizations are trying to do because that's what people are now looking for. Yeah, I'll I think sort of you're right. Of my life, yeah. <laughs> Absolutely, it's one of those things where it's like there's there's a lot of negative stuff that's going on out there, but I need something that can make my life a little bit easier. So, Maya, exactly. thank you so much. This is such a great interview. We really appreciate it. Thank you all for having me. Thank you. Wow, she was fantastic, wasn't she, guys? I mean, holy. So I thought. Treasure trove of info. I know. I love the part. I don't know. When she was talking about building customer loyalty, making sure that story gets out, how do you get them to do the story to begin with? And one of the ways is when that pitch email goes out, make sure there's links in there. It's not necessarily the PDF of that press release. That's not what's important, but a link to something so that people can share those links around. That was something that really stuck out to me. Absolutely. And I thought throughout the whole conversation, it was always about you know doing your homework. You just can't go, what? And just tell them your entire history of your company uh, in, in three pages. That's your, it's going to get lost. So bolding things, mentioning to the reporter that, hey, Jim, I saw you did a story on the waterboard three days ago. I have an interesting product. You might be, you know, just and go down that path. So you connect with them and they can see you did your homework. I think it's helpful. Yeah. And I thought, too, you know, with building a resilient brand, um, Maya said something that really stuck out to me is, you know, we maybe waiting for something to pitch, you know, some nugget of information that may come from the FDA. Um, you may have that nugget of information and you may not even know it yet. So look inward and say, you know, what do we have that might make something relevant again? And Maya pointed out the opioid epidemic um, being something that you might be able to, to um, certainly attach that to something that's still really, really important in 2023. Um, but it may have taken a little bit of a backseat to more um, current and recent events. So I thought that was really great advice. Once again, we'd like to thank Maya Signs for joining us from Scripps National Media on the latest episode of the Move the Stairs podcast. Make sure you hit that subscribe button and we'll see you next time. Thank you again for listening to the Move the Stairs podcast. You may be wondering where the phrase Move the Stairs comes from. It's my life's mantra and MNC's commitment to our clients. It's a nod to a defining moment in my television news career. You know, in news, you have to be first with the story, no excuses. And one night I had to get the first TV news interview with a senatorial candidate after he accepted the nomination on stage. I noticed the stairs leading off the stage were taking the candidate directly to my competitors. But what could I do? So I looked around and I noticed the stairs were on wheels. I walked over and bolted the stairs and moved them so the candidate walked off the stage right to my team first. At MNC Communications, our years in the media taught us there's always a way to move the stairs to make the best possible outcome happen for our clients.